is the number one commodity in the world that you can't get back once it's gone. Time. So I will keep this brief. I'm Muthita Panmuk, a time efficiency expert and a business operations strategist, who is as known as the Time Queen. Welcome to my Get Unstuck Radio. Running a business can be very overwhelming at times, especially in the first few years when you are required to wear the hats and do other things. You started your company because you had a vision that almost every business owner has when they begin. You wanted freedom, true freedom. So you are in the right place to help you build and grow your business that support your lifestyle. Not the other way around. Without further ado, let's get unstuck. Hi everyone. So today, please welcome Scott Anderson here to get unstuck radio. Scott Anderson is a serial entrepreneur, a licensed mental health therapist, a founder and CEO of Double Dare, an executive coaching and consulting practice, which dares entrepreneurs and executives to fully live their unique talent. Passion and purpose. Thank you so much for joining today of Get Unstuck Radio, Scott. Thank you so much for having me, Mutita. It's great to see you, and really glad to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited because I think we share the same value. Like I always tell the guests here that my Get Unstuck Radio and the whole Get Unstuck family, we really support the business that support our lifestyle, not the other way around, right? And you just yes. family like that. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Um, and having been stuck several times as a uh, entrepreneur myself, uh, as well as coaching people who get stuck, I really think your 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 vision of helping people is right on. I appreciate you. So let me read this quote in your book. So anyone who interested in Scott's book, you can check in the description. There will be the link over there. But I really love this one. So. Commitment isn't just essential. It's really the thing that ensures your success. When employed 100%, it literally converts the impossible into a sure thing. I mean, that's amazing. I'm like, wow. Yeah. It's to hear that right now in this like yes. time. Right. Yeah. I uh, well, thank you for reading that. Thank you for doing that research on on my book. Um, yeah. You know, I've just. I mean, one of the. I'm sure you have this experience, but one of the main reasons that I'm a coach and, and also a, a therapist is that um, I get to see clients do what for them was formerly impossible. And um, they, and they, you know, I mean, I guide them, I provide a structure and, and a system, but you know, at the end of the day, they find it in themselves again. And so much of being unstuck is to realize I can do this. I don't have to um, sort of wait for the world to give me permission to do this. And uh, I don't have to wait even until I'm confident or positive. Um, I had a conversation with a client the other day who said, well, when I, when, you know, when I feel like I can do this, I'll do this. And I'll say, that day will never come. <laughs> it just will never come. You have the feeling that of uh, confidence that you can do something after you do it. Never before. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and anyway, so yes, yeah, we're definitely on the same page there. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I also just spoke to client, like coaching client that I was a guest coach, like last Friday, I see someone who have been saying, I'm going to do this. And then he keep postponing. I think it's like, yes. like overstress and the anxiety period that people like 
focus too much on the future and just forget yes. whatever it takes for here to get there. They not really yes. understand that. So that's right. Let's starting from you. How how your entrepreneurial journey started? Sure. Well, you know, I'm one of those people, like a lot of entrepreneurs I work with, where I've just I was just always from a young age coming up with ways to have businesses. And my earliest one was when I was like, I don't know, six or seven, uh, going around the neighborhood, uh, shining shoes. And, uh, I, I thought that would be a great idea. It turns out that, uh, as you said about websites and, and so forth, people are very picky about how their shoes are shined. And, uh, and at six or seven, I wasn't very good at it. And, um, so uh, I was getting customer complaints. My quality uh, assurance was not good. My systems were not good. Uh, my prices were too low and my quality was uh, also too low. And uh, anyway, that was my first business. And, and since then I've done, you know, at, even as a kid, all kinds of different, you know, different businesses leading up to this. Um, my father uh, was an entrepreneur. His father was an entrepreneur. Um, my mother's father was an entrepreneur and it goes, so there's probably something in the genes, um, you know, that, and I, I think also growing up in that environment, you know, it can be a very up and down kind of scary environment on the one hand, um, which is not necessarily good, but, you know, I think that, that, that my family has always sort of felt like it was safer to control your own destiny than to put your your uh, your destiny in the hands of someone who you you don't really know and uh, and who may not be any smarter than you are and uh, anyway that's how I got here. Wow! And what did you like transform or how you say it, like pivot from being the therapist into the coaching industry or do it together along the way? Actually, the other way around. Um, oh. I have so. I've started nine businesses. Uh, in fact, just started the ninth one with my son, wow. a uh, e-commerce business uh, recently. And, you know, some of, a couple of these were colossal flops. Um, you know, I mean, most of them thankfully have been successful. I've been able to, to sell them and uh, you know, they've been good, good businesses. But um, so anyway, uh, I was uh, running, um, I was running my, probably my biggest single business an advertising agency. Um, <clears throat> and midway through that, I experienced burnout myself about maybe 10 years into the business, 15 years into the business. I experienced tremendous burnout. The business itself was great. I had fantastic partners who really were making the whole thing happen. And, um, but I myself burned out and I hired a coach kind of at random and this is before coaches were sort of where people were more familiar with the concept um, uh, as they are today. But at the time, coaching was sort of a unknown mystical idea and uh, not a lot of people had had coaches. I heard about it, hired a guy more or less at random, was very fortunate. It was fantastic. And in just 90 days, he really turned my, well, I turned with his guidance, my life around in a lot of important ways. One of them was the discovery that I wanted to be my, a coach myself because I saw what it had done for me. Um, but another part of the discovery was that I, I wanted to create a nonprofit um, to treat uh, military families in the United States 
who are recovering from post-traumatic stress disorder, who are returning from Iraq and Afghanistan with post-traumatic stress disorder. So I created an organization called AdEase USA, uh, which is a um, treatment technology accelerator and clinic system uh, for treating uh, military families, not just the combatant, but the whole family. And as the more I got into that, the more I realized I, need to, I needed to know more about the science of, of psychology. And uh, so that's when I became a therapist. I actually went back to school at, at age 50 to, uh, or age 53, I think, to become, uh, to get a graduate degree in, um, in clinical counseling. So that's how I, I became a therapist actually kind of late in life um, to, to help me run the not-for-profit. And, um, and then that led ultimately to me taking my own clients. But originally it was just to make me a better steward of the, the money we were raising and the program we were building. So how do you feel it's important to understand the mental side of the human being to support yes. our business line? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, uh, I guess even before I, I uh, went uh, to graduate school, I, you know, I realized, and I had been originally coached this way, that ideally coaching is a mind-body-spirit um, process. And that the, you know, it's just as you said earlier, um, there are clients who know what to do but don't do it for some reason. And, you know, so the, so the assignments that, or the homework that they commit to is not necessarily rocket science. We, we chunk things down into manageable actions that we can take every day. That part is not, you know, the theory of relativity. The hard part is between our ears. And um, that's the difference really between success and failure. I, I have found it's not so much the, the techniques and the steps, although that's obviously important, but it's really finding the, um, uh, getting traction in your own mind and being able to execute on relatively simple tasks. So, yeah, I would say that 95% of coaching and 90% and of business success is mindset. Um, you know, it certainly helps if you're a genius like uh, Warren Buffett, let's say, or Bill Gates. It really, that certainly helps you. Um, but if for some reason either of those guys couldn't execute, you know, if they were uh, confounded by the, the gremlins in their mind, then none of the great things they achieved would have been achieved. So, yeah, I'd say it's mindset is really most of, of what we do, whether we call it that or not. Mm -hmm. So for yourself, do you still experience the up and down throughout your entrepreneur journey and how you deal with it? Great question. Yeah, because it's all ups and downs. I mean, all of life is ups and downs, really, and uh, much less our entrepreneurial journey. Um, and yeah, I think that's that's so important. Um, you know, the one of the buzzwords today in in business literature is about resilience, and um, you know, and and it's it implies I think that there are certain personalities that are just sort of tougher than others. Um, my experience is that it's not so much being being tough, um, because actually uh, I, I have lots of clients who are very tough, but who are experiencing severe burnout right now. It's more a question of accepting the fact that there will be ups and downs, um, mm -hmm. that these shouldn't come as as surprises. The main thing is not to let 
ups and downs, which are inevitable, that will happen to everybody, um, not trigger a whole narrative in our minds that is much worse. What happens isn't, um, you know, is predictable, normal, and natural for people in business, and it happens to everybody. So it's not the ups and downs, it's how we think about the ups and downs that make them either uh, debilitating and paralyzing or um, just one more thing to get past. So a lot of the work that I do is taught is to work with my clients in terms of um, the acceptance that their minds are going to comment on everything that happens, um, but that they don't have to respond and um, that they're just thoughts. And we teach a variety of techniques to help people understand how their minds work and, and how to accept that their minds work in the way that they do. And um, <clears throat> so that the ups and downs don't become exaggerated from 1x normal ups and downs to 10x uh, exaggerated ups and downs. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I'm not there yet. I'm still learning about these um, human, how do you call it? Yeah, I mean, those, those neuroscientists that I'm still learning, because yes. there are a lot to learn, you know. The more you know, yes. the less you know, actually. So. Oh, yes. <laughs> I have a lot to learn, too. There's always more to learn on this subject. And it's like going to rabbit holes. Like, the, the more I know, I'm like, oh, that's why I act that way or something. I'm like, okay, I get the aha moment. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, me too. I came across that um, many people having these two types of issues that I came across regarding to operation system that I'm dealing with on daily basis and also making decisions in life in general. One type would be those who are always seeking validation. Another type would yes. be those who um, having self-acceptance issue. So they're trying to yes. move forward, but not aware yes. of where they are currently. So how yes. do you deal with these two types of people? I believe many yes. of the audience are one of these two types. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, you know, it's a normal and natural thing for human beings to seek validation. We're a, we're a sort of a, a pack animal kind of a mentality. Um, going back to cavemen, uh, community is essential to survival. And so, um, you know, and it's still in our bones and our DNA, this need for, um, to feel accepted and to have a, a place in the, in the community. And um, the, and, and so that's, you know, that's something that we kind of need to realize and, and notice and accept, I think, that, that the need for community is something that's wired right into us as human beings. Um, where we get into trouble, of course, is where we, we become uh, overly dependent, as you say, and, and need validation um, uh, at a level that, that uh, where there is not enough validation. I mean, it's very much like addiction. Um, I, I do a lot of work in the, in the area, especially in mental health with addiction. And, um, you know, it's the sort of thing that, that getting, um, getting feedback from your community, let's say, or as an entrepreneur, getting feedback from your customers that's positive and reassuring um, is, is positive. But when we become to depend on it for our own identity, for our own confidence, et cetera, um, is very much like drug addiction. And we begin to think in terms of, um, you know, I need to have, in order to feel good about myself, and sometimes in order for me to, to pursue um, 
uh, or to continue to pursue goals in my business, I need to get validation somehow from my uh, from my customers, potentially from a spouse or significant other, um, but outside of validation. And the problem with that, very much like let's say heroin addiction, is that at first it's very effective and it helps you feel better, uh, but pretty soon you need more and more, and ultimately you can't get enough. It's a black hole. Um, and no matter how much validation you may get, if you're dependent on outside validation, um, you're always going to be frustrated and you're never going to feel the, the validation that you, or the confidence that you felt initially. So a lot of what I work on with my clients in that area is, is just to, um, to remember, um, and to kind of regain a balance and a center of, of gravity, um, that, that you are in yourself, um, you, you have good judgment, you have good, uh, um, you know, skills and talents, and, and you really are capable of knowing in your heart whether what you're doing is valid or not. And it certainly helps when you're building a business to pay attention to what your customers say, obviously, and we want as much of that kind of feedback as we can. Um, <clears throat> but we also, at some point, have to be willing to accept that we're not going to please everybody and that it's not necessary to please everybody, and that pleasing people isn't in itself the objective uh, in, in that sense. I mean, certainly in our businesses, we want to move the needle for our customers, um, but it doesn't um, affect who we are as people. And so anyway, so that, that's the val you know, sort of the validation um, issue that, that, that I see sometimes. Um, it becomes paralyzing, and um, because there simply isn't enough validation ultimately in the world. Um, so people have to, um, what we, we help them do is to, is to find a center of gravity um, so that they can make decisions and realize they can make anything happen that they want to happen. Going back to our original conversation, um, it's just a question of being reminded that that's possible. Yeah, I think my mentors keep reminding me these days because I just passed all the traumatized year as well and I understand what you say. Like whatever happened, you can able to still standing on your two feet and moving forward. Like I have yes. to keep reminding myself that just make me feel very saying that. Like I have to find my stone that I could always come back and feel peaceful every time. That like other things that uncontrollable, like outside my control. Because I used to be like a control freak. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. So I understand, like totally understand what you say and. I, I believe that when people able to give this exercise and being better and better every single day, they will feel more, they will be able to find more joyful moments in their life and like feeling mm -hmm. more happiness working in their business, even in their business, like they have to do the work, but also yes. able to figure it out, how can they work on the business further so they can have more freedom and do what they love further, right? Yes. Yes, and um, a lot of what we uh, work on um, in our programs is um, to help people discover or usually rediscover what their values are um, that are um, distinct from what the world may or may not tell them, right? I mean, again, we do have to be, we have to listen to customers if we want to run a business, no question about that. But in terms of how we live our lives, um, it's really important to understand what our personal values are um, because it's possible, despite the ups and downs of life, whether in business or in every other area of it, 
it's it's still always possible for us to live according to our values mm -hmm. and um and and it's possible as a result and in fact it may be the only place possible um for us to find real meaning and real joy in our lives uh, because there will be ups or downs uh whether you're warren buffett or bill gates or you know whoever um there will always be ups and downs anyway <clears throat> the one thing that we can control is our is our behavior and our attitude and and that the the guardrails are our values so what makes life life to us what do we want to be remembered for what do we want to be known for whether in good times or in bad times um what is the you know what are the qualities that we want to um, express in everything we do what kind of an experience do we want to give other people um, when we're with them, particularly with with our customers and our clients, um, those things we can control. We we can't necessarily control the response of other people, but we can control our intention, and we can live against that. And um, you know, that's to me, that's that's sort of in our in our program. That's two things. One is the acceptance that we can only control what's within our own hula hoop, as they say. Right? We can't control anything else besides our own actions and our own attitudes. Um, we can't control the results and, and we're silly to try. Um, you know, I mean, we, we will try to do our very best, of course, but we can't, you know, once we've done the thing, we can't control the outcome. Um, so, you know, it really does come back to, especially people who are in burnout, one of the main techniques that we use is to ask people to return to value to their own values to either rediscover them or discover them for the first time and to see how closely they're living on a day-to-day -day basis according to their own personal values mm -hmm. um, because that is where meaning and joy can happen even in the middle of covid even in the middle of economic hardship or temporary um, downs in our businesses we can still continue to find meaning and and uh, fulfillment and joy um, in being the people that we want to be that's how you claim it big, right? It's the book name, everyone. So check it out in the description. I mean, that's <laughs> I think that is the chapter number eight, living with big legacy. That's like yes, how you right. grow with legacy. Yeah, right. And we're always leaving a legacy, right? I mean, every day we're leaving a legacy, even if it's just a legacy of yesterday. Um, you know, did we? Did we today? Did we live according to our values? Did we care about people the, we, the way that we want to care about them? Were we the people that we want to be? Um, the only time you can leave a legacy is right now, and um, and everything counts. So, and and also the only time you can be happy is right now. So, um, yeah, it's sometimes we think about legacy in terms of after I'm gone or what it says on the tombstone. Sometimes a good exercise, but really it's about. You know, what did I do today? Mm. Yeah, that's good. My talking thought of the day. <laughs> Thank you. Sure. What about another type of people who like further too far and not living in the now instead? Like we were right. about those who stuck in the past and also wanting in that um, thinking loop and rabbit holes. What about those who futuristic? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's it's so true. I mean, I find that um, you know the problems that I create for myself and that that my clients create for themselves are typically um, thinking about the the past, the past or the future. 
And it isn't that these reference points might not be useful in your life to draw upon your own experience or based on your to try to forecast the future. But ultimately, the only time we can we can live our lives and run a business is right this minute. And um, you know, we really can't know for certain um, what is going to happen in the future. And at a certain point, an obsession with the future uh, can lead to paralysis. You know, we certainly want to take a take a look at it. We're we're trying to plan for the future, of course. You know, one of the best models for future thinking that I've ever seen is the United States Marine Corps leadership training model. And what they teach, uh, it's, a, you know, it's a, a, a very robust, complex program, but the main theme of it is, is to, to uh, seek 75% clarity, that that's the best you can get. 75, okay. Yeah, and uh, don't try to reach 95% certainty or certainly not 100% certainty, because number one, it's not possible. And number two, it's uh, the pursuit of it takes so much time that the data you do have is getting old. And the more old it gets, the more inaccurate it is. So their philosophy is if you're going to take a hill or go on any mission of any kind, um, the objective is to get 75% of the information and take action and then reevaluate uh, as you go. Um, but that you don't, so what their, their philosophy is, uh, uh, B minus is perfect. And the idea is that you, you just take the best information you have available right now, act on that. And by taking action, you'll get clearer and clearer and more current data. Um, but if you wait until you have 95% clarity, if that's even possible, or 95% certainty, um, it will take a lot of time. Your data will get old. And, um, and you'll lose a lot of time in terms of achieving your goal. I think that really makes sense in business that you know, we just take our best shot today and sometimes we make up that we only get one shot at it, that we won't be able to adjust for um, the response our customers have for us, for example, um, to our projects or our services. Um, but we can always pivot. You know, we can do micro pivots all along the way. Um, and so that's what I say to people who are just really wanting uh, a level of certainty by staying fixated in the future is that A, it can be paralyzing um, because we, A, we cannot know the future and we have to accept that. And secondly, the only way to get solid real information is to take action. Yeah, there's no other way. <laughs> no. And the same way about the past, you know, I mean, a lot of neuroscience says that, first of all, that our understanding of the past is very distorted. Um, that if you get five people looking at a past event, they'll all, and they write down what their experience is, all five people will report something different. Mm -hmm. um, so the idea that there is an objectifiable, that what we know is absolutely true about the past or the future uh, isn't true. Uh, we, we simply can't, we don't remember the past um, as it necessarily really happened. And also as time goes by, the distortion becomes bigger. Mm. So, you know, the, the, not only can we not change the past, um, but what we think of as the past may not be accurate anyway. Mm. Um, so, you know, the, the main thing that I work on with my clients is just acknowledging or accepting the fact that really right now is the only thing we really have. 
And right now is the only time we can succeed in business. Right now is the only time we can take action. Um, and right now is the only time we can be happy. Yeah, 100%. Wow, this is such a joyful conversation that we have today. So in case anyone wants to work with you or follow you, where can they reach out to you then? Um, the best place is my website, um, which is doubledareyou.us, doubledareyou, Y-O-U, doubledareyou.us. And uh, if you'll uh, come to my site, there's opportunities for um, a lot of free information, even a free consultation with me. Um, there's information about our burnout program, executive burnout program called Extinguishing Burnout. Um, you can take a, um, an executive burnout uh, assessment and find out how you're doing at this moment and what the areas are that, that will help for you to work on. But doubledareyou.us, that's the place to go. And anyone who listened to this and want to follow the show notes, you can check at helpyougetunstuck.com as well. Thank you so much, Scott. Rotita, thanks so much. It's great to meet you and I appreciate your time. Same here, likewise. I hope this episode inspired you to get unstuck wherever you are in your journey so that you can have your business that support your lifestyle. Get a show note at helpyougetunstuck.com today. Start implementing what you have learned. The results of your consistent effort and improvement are worth it because you deserve the freedom to enjoy your life. Speak to you next time and don't forget to get unstuck.